mistake. Yeah. Last week when Ron was preaching, us, Paul and I were sitting over here, and, and Ron was using the illustration of the guy who was in the prison, and this was like on the lamb, and it was the prison, and all of a sudden he jumps over here, and the, and the guy's free. But as he was doing that, I just really just felt in the spirit there was this thing like, okay, it's free. Now what? Yeah. How do I live? What do I do? And, uh, and you know, we're talking about freedom. Starting off as a foundation. Well, we know in DP that there's two, two foundations of freedom in, in the New Testament, in, in Scripture. And one is the Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And the second is truth. You, for the, uh, if you shall know the truth, the truth will set you free. So we know the freedom is in that. So the truth of God and the Spirit of God can move us out to here. But the thing that we're dealing with is what are the conclusions in our heart about things? Particularly some very important things. Tom, I mean Tom, uh, Ron made reference to terminology. And words and terms are not just idle or empty. They have a Intense meaning within our hearts. Yeah, please. Uh, uh, yeah, that's put up over there. And so, what, whatever those those terms are, can either bring life or death. Like, um, is it truth or a lie? You know, like terms like I'll throw out in scripture, like God's judgment. And I've done that before. I preached it here in judgment, and I ask you, I said, okay, I'm gonna say this phrase, God's judgment. What's the first thing that comes to your head? And many times people, will, when I say that, they'll go, condemnation, wrath, oh, fear. And when I hear that, I'm going, oh, man, it grieves my heart because that is not our Heavenly Father's delight or desire. For you see in First John chapter 4, I think it's verse 16, says that you may have confidence on the day of judgment. Confidence. Or the judgment would be a place like in First Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5, that it talks about that... Judgment, God's judgment, became an opportunity for praise from God. So, uh, so how you know how how you see these terms are going to determine what what's in your heart. Will you embrace it? Uh, you know, like sticking on the term of judgment. Um, one that one of oh man, one of them. My mind just gone blank. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. First Corinthians eleven thirty two about God's judgment. Because when we are judged by the Lord, we're disciplined by Him in order that we may not be condemned. So God's judgment for the believer, for us, does not have to be a point of condemnation. And so in our heart, it's very important to have the truth of God about those subjects so that we can come with confidence and respond appropriately to our Heavenly Father when He starts to reveal that, hey, I'm judging things in your life. And I'm going, glory! It's not a point of... Glory, that's not a point of condemnation. That's, a, that's an opportunity. But because, y'all, there's many times that I will speak specific terms that the shades on people's hearts will shut down. Like discipline. All of a sudden people think, oh, no, I'm going to get punished. No, discipline means to train or to teach. It's intensely positive. And, and one of the things, when Ron started talking about freedom, I knew I had to finish teaching on what I taught about taught on about four weeks ago. And it's a term that, that has many negative connotations to it, and it's a term, law. 
But when we understand law in the context of what God's Word truly says about it, in the fullness of it, taking away the religious crap, and excuse me for that, but that's just really how I feel about it many times, is that what happens is, is when we take it away, you find something that brings, it brings hope. And also gives you understanding how to live. Where we said four or five weeks ago that law literally means that which is assigned. Law is not, the law in relationship to God is not a series of do's and don'ts. When God created the heavens and the earth, he created it with law. He assigned things to function in a certain way, both in the physical realm, i.e. laws of gravity, uh, many other laws that are God using creation, but laws of gravity is just the easiest and most obvious before our eyes so much. Laws of aerodyn- you know, that pertain to aerodynamics. Uh, yesterday I just got off a plane flying from Florida back up, and, and I'm just continually amazed, continually amazed at, at, uh, at the laws pertaining to an airplane flying and the flaps and the slats and on the wing of a plane as they come into land or take off. Because we understand in science, pilots understand how to, you thank God, there's Kevin Jacksons that understand, you know, if they put the flap at 45 degrees, you know, it will help this. And you bless God for that, especially when you're flying. And you want to ask the pilot, did you pass this thing with an A or a D? You know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so uh, that's in the physical realm. But God's heart is that we would understand law in relationship in the same way. I take the law of gravity, in which I used before when I preached here on this. And excuse me if some of this is redundant for you, but many of you haven't heard this. Law of gravity is one that you understand. You want to understand from a very young age because it would keep you from climbing this building and trying to jump off and try to fly like a bird because you understand the law of gravity and you do not have what it takes to fly. But a lack of understanding in that area can cause pain. And y'all, I remember when I was down in Florida when I was sharing about understanding the law of God and how the law of God is not a series of do's and don'ts, but understanding how he created things to function. And that how, as a, as, as a little child, that how, you know, it would be so important for a, for a dad and a mom to, to speak into you the understanding how God created the laws and that you as a little girl could not fly. And when I said those things, she started to weep. And I'm going, what's going on? And she said, well, my mom and my dad, my mom was gone and my dad, he ended up, he at a point in time had pimped her out and all kind of stuff like that, but he was not in her life. And she just, and he said, she just was not in my life. He did not discipline me in the way that, in other words, train or teach. And he said, when I was a little girl, I thought I could fly. So I climbed a barn up in the top of a barn, and I tried to fly. And when I flew, tried to fly, when I tried to fly, jumped out of the barn, I ended up falling and breaking my arm. It was very traumatic and painful for me. And, and she knew it correlated to the fact of the matter that nobody ever told her that she couldn't fly. Well, y'all, when many times I see believers of God do what Ron did last week, And they don't know, how do you fly? Or do you fly? What, what? What? They don't understand the laws of God pertaining how to live. And I'm going to be honest with you, us in the church are probably some of the most messed up. 
And uh, I have been one to perpetuate this dumbness. And bless God that I pray today that there's some revelation and, and, uh, and that could help and affect you. And that's what the next two weeks, and I can't teach this, this inexhaustively. We're just going to pick parts of it. So, but in, the, in, in your notes, you'll notice there's some foundations that we've got to establish. The first thing, which I had already preached this before, but excuse me, we've got to review this, and then we're going to add stuff to it that makes sure that you understand that when God created the laws of how to live in the Spirit, now, pause that, he created laws of how to live in the physical, and we want to discover these in science. That's what science does, is doing, it's discovering the laws of God and how he created it. And bless God for people, the scientists in our church, people like Burbies and, and you know, You know, Shimizonos and the Brian Smiths and the scientist dudes and dudesses in here. You know, that they, God, they're discovering these things. But here in the Word of God, God created three laws for us to live by. You see this in Scripture in Romans chapter 8, verse 2, where you see two mentioned, two of the three, where God, the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus, sets us free, sets you free from the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death is the first one. And you know, as we spoke before, that this law was established in the Garden of Eden. Very simply, what had happened was, is God's heart was that Adam and Eve would experience life. And so what he did was, now remember now, law means that which is assigned. And he really only established two things that would bring life. Can you all see that over there? Can you all see this? And uh, back, back, yeah. There you go. So they can see. Okay. Need to use black. There was a black pen here at one time. Is there, sweet girls, there's a. Oh, yeah. Thank you. So, thank you. Yeah. And so the desire is to experience life. Okay? So that's where Adam and Eve, that's where man wanted to get to. And so God just literally gave two things to a sign that man could find life. One is eat of every other tree in the garden. Just eat. Of these trees you shall eat. Don't eat the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A do and a don't of how to live. Like for us, it is very good for you to eat healthy food. It is not very good for you to eat you know, just Carly Donut type stuff. <laughs> you know. So anyway, you got these kind of created things here. But what happened is you know that what happened was is Adam and Eve sinned and, and it caught a problem. But to understand, and just to summarize, and you'll notice in your notes there that there's some important things that I just want you to be able to summarize this law and how it was functioning. And notice the basis of it, as you have in your notes there, that the basis of it, righteousness... Now, righteousness, y'all, are these assignments. What's right? You don't jump off a building. That's right. That's righteousness, according to physical law. That's righteous. That's right. That's how it's assigned. And base, righteousness was an obedience to God's word and live. D, 
disobedience to God's word and die. It's very simple. Eat and live. Eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil and die. It's just simple. So what, what and, and you'll catch this, a key word I want you to pick on this, pick up out of this, is the word disobedience. In Romans chapter 5, verse 19, it's, you know, it says, For by one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. So Adam and Eve did not. They violated this, and therefore they ended up with death. Now, y'all, you know, a lot of people get mad at God in this. But, you know, it, to me, that's just like somebody getting up on top of this building, and I think I may have said this before, but this is it. It's a repeat this. They get up on this building, and they go, Hark, I'm going to fly. And so they jump off, and they bust it, and they die. And all of a sudden, people around are going, Oh, look what God has done to him. Excuse me. God did not have anything to do with this dumbness. There is a law called gravity. And you jumped off trying to fly. You can't fly. Now, wouldn't it be stupid to blame God for this guy's dumbness? Is that true? Well, God created Adam and Eve and told him, this is how I live. This is it. This is it. Understand how you're created. Understand this. And they violated, and death came in. One man's disobedience. And many were made sinners. Well, the interesting thing is, is that when this occurred, according to Colossians, I mean, Galatians 3.19, God added the law of Moses. So we've got law of sin and death to God gave the law of Moses. Now, 3.19 tells us that the law of Moses was added because of transgression. Now, I'm going to add this commercial in here, and y'all have heard me say this before, but my honest conviction is that if Adam and Eve, that God's heart for Adam and Eve was this. Adam was, it talks about in Romans chapter 5, verse 14, verse 14 that Adam was a type of Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we see the first Adam and the second Adam. Well, I believe in my heart, when Satan came to deceive, Eve was deceived, she ate. God's heart was that Adam would have redeemed his wife. You know, every sin must have an equal and just payment. One sin, Eve's sin, there's death on one person. The first Adam, if he would have done what the second Adam did, he died for his bride. If he would have died, y'all, we would not be in this mess here. But he copped out, and he was disobedient. And so God adds the law of Moses. And, you know, the law of Moses, according to Romans chapter 5, was not given to impart life. The law of Moses was given... One of the major reasons, there's five major reasons why God gave the law of Moses. First and foremost was a shadow of things to come, faith in Christ. But the second thing is, was to give knowledge to, to reveal sin. Knowledge of sin. What is sin? And to reveal the presence of sin. Because, sin, because you, got it, you got it present. So God had to give a law to reveal it. And he did. The law of Moses. And you see in the passage in John 1.17 that through Moses came the law and grace and truth 
were realized through Jesus Christ. When you see it just law written alone, it's usually reference to the law of Moses. So God gave the law of Moses. Now here's the sad part for me, y'all, is that many believers in, in Christ Jesus get stuck on the law of Moses. Now you've got to hear what I'm saying here. The law of Moses, I'm going to quote 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. The law of Moses, I'm going to say it in this context, is good if one uses it lawfully. But I see believers using it in an unlawful manner and also too long. See, the believer in Christ Jesus is not made to live under the law of Moses. But under the third law, which I've already mentioned, that's the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Spirit of life. I don't know. Too long. But the spirit of life. Now, we'll get into that in a few minutes. But I just want to stop here and give you a picture of the law of Moses in this context. Now, over here is life. And for our dude that jumped out there in the, in the middle there, freedom. Freedom. Life. Freedom. How about this one? Blessing. I see this one, get, people use this a lot. And so what we'll do is, is uh, the characteristics of the law of Moses, if you'll, if you'll look at Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1, and I think, right, Chad, we've got this. Now watch this very carefully. Now it shall be if you diligently obey, and there's a key word, to obey the Lord your God, okay, to obey, but notice what's attached to it. Being careful to do all that his, all his commandments, which I've commanded today, you will notice what it says, which it said above, and it goes on, verse 2 and 3, then all these blessings will be yours. So if you do, you'll bless. So what, what happened was, let's just take some of the basics of the ten. You know, you've got don'ts. Uh, don't lie. Don't commit adultery. Um, don't steal. Don't use the Lord's vain and vain. vain, vain name in vain. Uh, there's uh, those like... Uh, um, uh, Keep the Sabbath. Um, what's another do? Uh, you honor your father and your mother. That's good things. We'll put them in our context today, which we'll do. And what I'll say, these are the big L's. But, y'all, there are also little L's, which we do. And I have been guilty of. We'll set up these little L's. And I'll just run through them, okay? You know, don't smoke, don't drink, don't chew, don't go with the girls that do, Right? Okay? You've heard me use that, and that's sort of in my mind. That's what I used when I was 16 and got saved. Really? I'm seriously. Go to church with my red Bible, wearing my red pants, read my Bible, share the gospel, memorize scripture. Those are good things, aren't they? You mean I had a red pants, but... They were... They were what, they called? what were those in those days? Polyester? Knit? Never mind, I'm sorry. But anyway, so what we'll do is we'll focus on these things to try to do them. And we got in our mind, if I do these things, guess what? I'll have life. I'll be freedom. I'll be blessed. Dangerous for the guys in the program. Oh, if I just do the program, I'll be free. No more drugs. Right, Patrick? (laughs) That means freedom? (laughs) No, does it? Oh, see, because the law of Moses, if you'll notice what the basis of the law of Moses is, notice what I say here. Righteousness is obedience of external actions. Obey to do and be blessed. 
disobey, not to do, and you'll be cursed. Simple. Now, when I was, the last time I shared on this and I spoke this, and I just want to put a little commercial in this, do not let anybody lead you in a prayer of Deuteronomy 28, of claiming the blessings of the law of Moses. They look good, but you cannot have the blessings without the curses. And so you start claiming the blessings of the law, and you'll get the curses if you do not keep all of it. Because that's what it says in Deuteronomy 28, 15. All these curses will be yours. See, God's heart is for you not to have the blessings of the law. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14, clarify it for us when it, when it says, you have that passage, Chad? When it, and, it says, and, it, and it clarifies and it says, my mind's gone blank. Chad's doing such a great job on this. But let me just read it. My mind is right now in 15 different places. In 3.13, it says something, for God so loved the world. No, wrong one. It says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. Okay, so that's good. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. The temptation is you go, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. You know, by hanging on a tree. For it is written, curses everyone hangs on a tree. Now get this. So you think, okay, okay, he took the curses for us. Now we get the blessings of the law. No. Notice what blessings you get. In order that the, in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles. So that we who receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Guess what? He redeems us from the curse of the law that we receive the blessings of Abraham. And y'all, in the blessings of Abraham is that we inherit the earth. So don't settle for the blessings of the law. Go for the blessings of Abraham, which is according to faith. Not be, because of external obedience to the law. You following me? Because I cannot tell you too many times in a, in a council room and council rooms just like that, I've had to break the curses of the law off of people where they prayed it on to themselves or agreed with a religious leader to do it. So be careful. And also, what you've got to realize is this. God gave the law of Moses. There were five basic reasons why he gave the law of Moses. I gave you two earlier. Second one, to reveal sin. And this is how deadly it is. If you maintain and hold on to operating in the law of Moses outside the parameters of what you should. Now, law is good if you use it lawfully. Very important you hear what I say. You try to raise a child without law. You will sentence them to death. See, two of the other reasons why God gave the law was to teach and to protect. So you tell a kid, don't go in the highway. But let me tell you something. You tell them that when they're five, but when they're somewhere in the process, you've got to transition their heart from the law of Moses into the law of spirit of life that they understand why not to go into the road. There's a difference. I want Shay and Michelle to know the heart of God, to have the heart not their external obedience to circumstances. They're not slaves. I want them to understand from the heart. And we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But now watch this, y'all. The reason why i got to emphasize this because this is happening in this church. 
One of these, don't commit adultery. Okay? So if we operate under this, okay, good Christian men in here, yeah, I will not commit adultery. I will not commit adultery. If that's the parameters of which you set up in your heart, not to commit adultery, you know what? You will deal with the temptation to commit adultery. Now, you go, I'm not really in a relationship to commit adultery. I I don't really have that temptation to, to cheat on my wife. Oh, you don't? I bet you this. I know this from experience in this church and many other churches. I could ask a question. How many of you men in here wrestle, have wrestled with pornography in some point in time in the near future, in the recently feared future? I would say that 60 to 75 percent of uh, what? Pardon me? In the past, thank you. Bless God for my wife. That have struggled with pornography. Somewhere? Oh, yeah. If I ask you, yeah, okay. If you have in the past, and I, I would say that 60 to 75% of the people in this place, men would say, yes, I have. You know why? Because many times you come in this place, yeah, I'm free. And you start walking in, I will not commit adultery. I will be holy. When all of a sudden you set up that parameter, that standard to perform, guess what? It will manifest itself someplace. You are, because why? The law entices the flesh to sin. And so guess what? You know what it says in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 3? The law is a reminder of sin. Reminder. So guess what? You say, I'm not going to commit adultery. Now y'all, that ain't going to minister to God's heart. And that ain't going to minister to my wife's heart. Babe. Aren't you proud of me? I have not committed adultery. That make you feel good? That make you feel good? <laughs> and if I kept saying it, I know her what she'd be saying. You've been thinking about it? That's what we do to God. Oh, God, I have committed adultery. Oh, I haven't stolen. Oh, God, I haven't. God's going, so? I mean, who you are? Why are you you looking there? See, all of these things are good. The law is good. But, y'all, what I want is this. And so if I'm looking here to perform or measure myself according to this stuff, y'all, I'm what we call cook goose. Y'all, just this last week, a man who is a good-hearted pastor, a pastor I know loves God and desires to do the things of God and wants God. I know. That he, and this guy, come to find out, he's struggling with pornography. And you know why? I know it's not because he wants that. I believe this all my, the first place I'm going to go to, I got to minister to that guy this week. And don't y'all start trying to figure it out. I was in Florida last week, y'all. Okay? So. So anyway. 
And I bet you anything, the first place I'm going to go says, are you established law upon yourself? And I, I, I'll bet. I'll keep saying that word. And that's the kind of things that happens. And I just know what happens. So anyway, God's heart is that we transition out of this, but into this, and the law. So the law of Moses is the righteousness is established on external actions. Let me give you this to you, because I don't like you establishing things on, on what I say. Let's look at this, in, uh, and there's a couple of passages. Just go to that room. Um, uh, some passage scripture. Sorry, Chad. Let me get my head together here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's go to that Romans. Let's go to Romans. No, let's go to the first Corinthians. Where you at? There you go. Let's go there. I'm sorry, I get so much into this thing that I just get hardcore focused. Also, I have to confess, many times I'm sitting here, standing up here, and I look into your faces, and, uh, and I see stuff. And so that's a lot of times what happens to me up here. Some, a lot of times I just have to go put a veil over my face and I'm going, okay, don't look. <laughs> so anyway. Third thing, the law of spirit life in Christ Jesus, which I've already introduced. And notice that it also gets called, notice in uh, verse 21. Well, let's read that. To the Jews I became as a Jew so that I may win the Jews. To those who are under the law as under the law. Though myself not being under the law. Key phrase, y'all. Under the law. Okay, and uh, it's like, think of this in the reverse orders. I write this, here's the law of sin and death. Here's the law of sin and death. Here's the law of Moses. Here's the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And he's saying, I'm not under the law of spirit, of, under the law. He's talking about this. But though myself not being under the law. To those who are without law, as without law, though not being without the law of Christ, but under the, but under the law of Christ. I mean, sorry, be without the law of God, but under the law of Christ, so that I may win those who are without the law. In other words, he's calling this law the law of Christ. He's under the law of God. So y'all, as a Christian, it is not cool to say that you're without law. I, I'm not under law. If you are, that's called lawlessness. And the person you're teaming up with is the Antichrist. Not cool. Not cool. question is, what law are you under? And that's what my heart in teaching this today is to lay the foundation that, that as men and women of God, we transition from here to here. We grow up. A child has to be under the law of Moses. Or big L or little L. As he's growing up. He had, or else he, would, he wouldn't know what's... Uh, What's sin? He wouldn't know what's right. He wouldn't know what's wrong. Kwaku was talking to me in the first, after the first service. He's saying, you know, Rick, I've been married twice. The first time I had no one to teach me the do's and don'ts, little L of marriage, and I died. But I was taught. Now I can live in the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And do and operate in not do, but operate in these things in faith. So I understand. I transitioned. So he don't do it to perform for Vanessa. He just operates in it out of 
out of what we'll talk about in a few minutes. So transition into the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And that brings up an important point, y'all. Is notice in, in uh, Romans 6, 17. There's a couple things I've got to point out here. Very important about the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Now, do you remember there's a term that I used in the law of sin and death and the law of Moses. Now, I'm going to ask you to put a pause on everything I've talked up to this point. What, when I say this term and ask you to repeat this term, what pops into your head? Because I think, I'm going to have to confess y'all, when I started studying this and God started giving me revelation in this area, when I confess this term, I have to confess things popped up in me. So say this word with me, okay? You ready? Obedience. What popped up in you, Tiny? Joy? Woo, yeah! Or like, uh, I don't know about this. For me, it's kind of a mix between guidance and then also, you know, rules that can get you into trouble. <laughs> How about you, Jared? What popped up in your head when you said, did you say it or were you asleep? <laughs> Jared, Jared, Jared's been working the night shift. He just got off. He's been up, what, 36 hours? Were you able to say it? <laughs> what popped up in your head? I don't know. I don't know already. He's numb. But probably, he's like, Jared's like me. It wasn't a word that when he spoke it, he goes, Jesus. I mean, like, woo! Because I'm be honest, when I said obedience, I'm going, because when I think the lost spirit of life in Christ Jesus, I'm going, yeah! <laughs> yeah, freedom! Oh, yeah! And all of a sudden, God says this word, obedience. Look at this, look at this Romans 6, 17 passage. But thanks be to God that though you were slaves of sin, whoo, you came out here, you became obedient heart to that form of teaching which you were committed now the greek word there interesting thing and we'll get back to this later that the greek word for the word committed is the greek word that literally means to surrender like in war obedient from the what heart now think about it y'all let's carry this up the law of sin and death was in obedience to god's word you live you disobey it you die the law of moses was in obedience according to externals be obedient externally. Like Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse, was it 19, when he said, unless your righteousness, that which is a sign, exceeds that of the Pharisees, you will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. The very next verse, exceeds the Pharisees. This stuff, y'all. Unless your righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Very next verse, he says, you heard the ancients say, you shall not commit murder. That's an external action. You do an external action, you could experience that external action of murder, you experience death. But the very next phrase, he says, I say to you, if you're angry with your brother, you're guilty before the court. See, the law of Moses, you could be obedient according to the law of Moses and be blameless under the law of Moses but be in trouble if in that passage of Scripture according to the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, y'all, is righteousness that is based from the what? Heart. Yeah. You know, I know what it's like 
when people speak or operate with me on an external, but in their heart, it's far from me. And God is so much. How many times do we come in here in some kind of external actions? We look good. We look pretty. We sound right. We even wear a sport coat, you know, and things look good. But inside is full of robbery and self-indulgence. See, the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus is the law from the heart. And the second thing is, if you would look at these two past scriptures, Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. Jesus, the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Here it is. This is very, very important. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus does not do away with the law of Moses. It does not do away with the law of sin and death. It fulfills it. Jesus said, Do not think I came to abolish the law of prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to what? Fulfill. So guess what, y'all? The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is here. A focus. Now here I've drawn some eyes and I hope you can see it. If you focus over here to perform and do these things, you'll be messed up. Y'all, this, this, now this gets seductive, y'all. This last week, I was talking to a young mother. And you know, she said to me, she said, she said, when one of my kids mess up, Automatically, I just feel condemned. One of my kids tell a lie, I feel condemned. You know why? And I told her, I looked at her and I said, I said, you don't want that. You have set law up in relationship to your kids. That's a standard of measurement. Oh, if your kids are performing good, guess what? You feel good. That is a standard of measure. We use many things. Oh, if I preach good, oh, people like me, guess what? That's law. Why did I do this? And so what the deal is not that looking at these standards to measure or perform, but your heart is intensely focused on the spirit of life, which is found where? In Christ Jesus. And we'll talk about that in a second. Because watch this, y'all. If I intensely focus here and I'm walking at this direction, all of these things right here, guess what, are fulfilled here. So guess what? When I'm walking in the Spirit, you know what I'm doing? I'm loving Paula. I fulfill it. Oh, the one of the commandments, do not commit adultery. If I am intensely focused on Jesus and walking at Jesus, you know the last thing I want to do is have an affair. When I'm walking in the Spirit, the last thing I will deal with is pornography. If I'm walking in the Spirit loving my brother and sister and helping minister to their needs, I don't have to establish these parameters out here to perform. I walk here, I fulfill it. Now, we'll talk about this a little bit later. But there's a couple things that I've got to speak to you this. There are two things, to, and I'm going to say this, be careful how you hear what I said, to do and the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Now, what did I say? The law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus is of the what? Heart. When I say do, I'm talking about do where? In the heart. Now, can I put a little commercial in here to make sure this gets answered? I don't have time to do this. In John chapter 15, Jesus says, Oh, if anyone keeps my commandments, 
He loved me. You know that Greek word for keep there is the Greek word to guard. It's just protect. Like treasure in your heart. Thy word have I hid in my heart. I may not sin against thee. Your word treasured in your heart. Uh, you know, pay closer attention to the things that we heard lest we slip away from it. Or you, people talk to me about the passage in James chapter 1, verse uh, 23, 24. You know, if I'm a doer of the word, you know that Greek word for doer there is a Greek word for eo, meaning to create. It's a word to create. It literally is like practicing. You, you practice and create muscle memory in your heart. The word, the thing that you're confessing. So it's not this thing to lay up here and do to do, it's just you're doing, you're practicing what you already are. It's like Kwaku. He's a drummer. So he hears it and he goes and what? Practices it. So it just becomes part of who he is. I hear that I'm holy. So what I want to do? Oh, I want to practice that. That sounds cool. I'm an overcomer. Oh, that really sounds cool. Let's practice that, Ron. Can we practice that? Yeah, yeah. And Satan will be glad. Lord, let me give you some obstacles to overcome. And so, okay. It's so cool. God's working with him. Yeah, go ahead, Satan. Go ahead. Because he's going to think he's an overcomer. He's going to know he's an overcomer after this one, boy. So go ahead. So anyway, but there are two things. And look at these real quick. If you would, Chad, throw them up here. Two things. Really simple, y'all. All the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is. Go to the next one, please. There's faith. Wait, on Romans 3, the uh, first, yeah. Oh, wait, oh, somewhere. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one too. Because what I was going to say to you is God's heart. God's heart is that these things here, get this. For this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel. This is talking about doing away the first covenant, not doing away with it, it passing away. For this is the covenant that I will make of the house of Israel in those days. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws into their minds and write them in their hearts. That all of this stuff, guess what? Comes here. You commit adultery? What? Did not commit adultery. Guess what? Where's it at? Here. And that guess what? That takes care of. It takes care of the action of, of, porn, of a of adultery, and it also would take care of the what? Heart, the pornography, look, the lust, pornography. So God says, I want to get it into your heart. I'm not going to do away with the law of Moses. I want to take it, and I want to birth it in you, Rick. You're going to fulfill it. But how you're going to receive it, how you're going to walk in it, is simple. It's gone. It's the principle of faith and love. Look at this passage in 1 John chapter 3, verse 23. This is the commandment that we believe, it's a verbal form of faith, in the name of the Son of Jesus Christ and love one another just as he has commanded us. Those are not actions external, they're actions of the what? Heart, my honest conviction. If the act, those actions are in my heart, guess what will happen externally? Those actions. Jesus rebuked the Pharisees. You Pharisees and hypocrites, you clean the outside of the cup and dish. Inside is robbery and, and self-indulgence. First, clean the inside, then the outside will become clean. I think the last time I was here, I don't know whether I shared this with you. Did I share with you all 
about the young girl at Virginia Tech who had been in her very promiscuous lifestyle. <coughs> she got saved, and God healed her and forgave her of her past. Did we share that one in here? I'll tell it. Sorry. But the girl, I mean, it's, this is how sick this gets. Is that she, she really had, God had forgiven her. She started dating a guy from another ministry who really focused a lot on this stuff here. And they started hanging out, and they just started sharing their hearts. And he goes, and she's going on, and he says, uh, well, I can't, uh, I, can't, uh, I can't date you. And she goes, well, why? She says, well, I'm a virgin, and you're not. And I mean, she came to us, and she was crushed. And I was just speaking into her. Let me tell you something. And we've spoken to her, Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, all my soul, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, redeems your life from the pit, crowns your loving kindness, passion, so that your youth is renewed as wings as eagles. As far as God's concerned, you're a virgin. The blood of Jesus cleanses you from what? All your sins. And you know what? Here's the crazy thing about it was this is what happened. All of a sudden, they got hanging back out around together, and all of a sudden, out of his, out of his mouth started coming stuff. I, I don't even want to tell you the stuff he spoke, in, spoke to her. But he started sharing with her that how he had, in his, his dorm room, he would fantasize and, and enter into hardcore self-gratification and all kind of stuff like that. And I'm going, that is sick. Who is he? I just want to go, you know. Lord, forgive me. But I mean. You know, because he, what he was doing, he was looking here. And God's going, who went justified there that, y'all? Who was clean? That girl. Faith and love. Real quick. I'm running out of time. But look at this. Let me just sort of verify something. Romans 3.27. Chad, let's go to that passage. Just look at this. Where then is the boasting? It is excluded. Get this, y'all. It's talking about works of the law and all this kind of stuff. Where then, what is, where then is the boasting? It is excluded. Living by the Spirit? By the, what kind of law? How's things assigned? What kind of law? By, of works? Here. No. What? Of, of works? No. But by a law of what? Faith. Now guess what? Now hear it as it is. God's saying in this passage, this is how you're assigned to function in the spiritual realm. There is a spiritual law, just like the law of gravity, to understand it. Now, if you try to not, remember like we said earlier, try to fly, not using, understanding the law of gravity, you will get hurt. If you try to come out into freedom here, and not operate under the law of faith, guess what, y'all? That's how it's assigned. You'll, you'll function. Let's just look at some passage of Scripture. Think about this. Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it is impossible, impossible to fly. It's impossible to please God. Hear this one, y'all. Those who come to God, what? What? Must believe that He is. Is what? He is everything. Must believe. So guess what? I mean, to come to him, to experience him, believe. Ah, spiritual law. That's how I'm made. Function. You know how it is, y'all. 
When you, you can do this. Watch this. You wake up in the morning. Here's your question to ask. Oh, no, pause that. Pause that. What if you don't? Remember Romans chapter 14, verse 23? Anything not of faith is what? That's butt-kicking material. Wages of sin is what? Anything not of faith is sin. Anything that's not contrary to the law of gravity will what? Fall. Anything not of faith is not going to fly. Y'all, when you get up in the morning, do you, you've heard me say this before, do you start to ask yourself what you need to do? Or do you ask yourself, what am I believing today? What am I believing what God is saying? Am I trusting his character and his nature? Y'all, and you know what it says in the word? That when you start just believing and trusting, trusting in his character, Psalm 4, there's somewhere, 33, 21. It says, my heart rejoices in him because I trust in his holy name. Rejoice. Joy. The joy of the Lord is my what? Strength. So guess what? Guess what? You start the day off like this. You get too busy. Oh, well, i just just going to kind of... You get busy and you just get going. You don't go, God, I'm just not going to set my heart on believing and trusting you. I'm just going to... We don't do that. Maybe sometime we do, but... But, you know, most of the time you just get up and you just go, oh, well, i got to go, baby. i got to go, baby. i got to get things, some things done. And so I just go out. And I start going trying to function. I'm trying to fly in the spirit... Y'all been there? By the end of the day, you're going, man, babe, I sure am tired. <laughs> you are. You've been these wore out. It's been one of those days from hell. You know, you're going, because why? You walk in the door, really in the spirit. Angels are seeing you going. They're going, hey, come here, Joe. Catch this one. Or Gabe, what? I don't know. That's why we look, because it's a spiritual law. Faith is how you're going to fly. It's a sign. Love. I don't have time to go into details of that. But, y'all, that's how, that is it. Love. Why is love important? Perfect love does what? All fear. Fear. It involves torment. Ah, love never... Love covers a multitude of sins. Yeah. Faith works through love. Hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. Love. Loving God and loving each other. That is it, y'all. If you love, if anyone thinks he knows something he don't know as he ought to know, but if somebody loves, he is known by God. Love. Faith. And so this is where it is. Instead of going, hey, Paul, aren't you proud of me? You know, don't you proud of me? I'm not, I haven't had an affair. Hey, baby, yeah, I mean, and guess what, Paul? Oh, I haven't had, I ain't wrestled with pornography. Oh, baby, yeah, 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 yeah. No. When I watch guys that struggle with pornography, and here, this is a statement I hate to hear. And no offense, guys, I'm going to say this on the program, but I hear this statement. Well, I haven't had any pornography in Six months. Dude, you are cooked right there. You know what they're trying to do? If they go long enough, guess what? They'll have confidence. I hate to tell you this, but as soon as you ask Jesus to forgive you, guess what? 
He forgave you, he cleansed you, and he forgot it. So why do you have to start performing now to build up enough time so you can do your penance thing here? Huh? No. Where'd it go? No. I forgot what I was talking about. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I was talking about Paula. (laughs) But if I'm loving her, if I'm loving her, you know, remember the law of spirit life in Christ Jesus, the law of the what? It's in relationship to what? The heart of, of faith and love. That's what Paula wants. She wants me here. Now, she has at times helped me with establishing these things. But she knows these things, her establishing these things don't help me a whole lot. In fact, it usually entices But if she communicates to me in a manner going, okay, Rick, we'll talk a little bit more of this last week, last week, <laughs> next week. But she communicates into me to empower my faith and my love for her, then guess what? It happens. Also, I have to tell you this, that the thing that accompanies the mercy and grace of, I mean, it's a, the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus. It's a law, it's a law that, of mercy and grace. We'll talk about this next week. But, now y'all, here's the thing that the Lord hit me with. Not hit me like negative. God, what is the doorway that activates my faith and my love? What is the doorway? And real quick, i got to speak this. Chad, go to this Romans 1, 5. Remember I said to y'all about this thing about obedience? That form of teaching where you became obedient to the heart of that form of teaching. God spoke to me, Rick, the doorway for you, for your faith and your love to be activated is obedience. And I'm going, God, wait a minute now. Because I'll be honest, when he spoke that to me, guess what? I mean, rebellion popped up in me, places of rebellion. I have to confess. But, get this, what's this phrase? For throat through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles. Obedience of faith. All of a sudden, God's saying to me, Rick, obedience is faith. Obedience is love. Obedience is faith. Faith is obedience. Okay? Okay, God, what are you trying to say? The Greek word for obedience is the Greek word hupakuo meaning to hear under. Just hear it and you put under it. But, but think about the word for faith. Where does faith come from? What's, where does faith, faith, where does faith come from? Faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing a what? A word. So obedience and faith are the same thing. But it communicates something different. See, I, faith, I have a tendency to go, okay, okay, I hear it and I receive it. But obedience is this place that where you're totally putting yourself under it. When Paul and I received the word in 1986 to sell out and go into ministry full-time, there was a place of us throwing ourselves under that word, just putting ourselves under it, and it empowered us. But it also 
The obedience and love is the same. And I don't have time to go into verses of core like that. But, but if we're God saying, this is my commandment, that you love one another even as I have loved you. So obedience, love. You, you realize this three times, three times in Ephesians and Colossians, God tells me to love Paula, commands me to love Paula. Commands me. One time it's mentioned to me loving her just as an admonition. So four times it speaks to me about loving her, but three of them are commands. And my response is that obedience. Why? Now, in this place, y'all, it's where I'm kind of put myself under it to love her. Now, I've shared this story before, but it's relevant for me to share it to this time. Because you remember the time I shared with y'all maybe that Paula and I were having, we were laying in bed. I don't know if we were laying in bed in a big stone gap. I remember the place and time so distinctly. And we're having a discussion, argument. Like I told y'all before, she has a tendency to out-argue me. And so, I mean, you know, the guy's ego can only take so much. So this one particular time, she made a mistake in her argument. And I saw it. And I go, here it is. Now, I promise you this. It was like God suspended time. It was like the sun and the moon stopped. And it did. It stopped for me. And all these thoughts are going through my head. And I'm answering them all back and forth like this. And, you know, here in this argument, she's put it up and I'm going, here it is. She made a mistake. And if I say this, this will. And I'll win. You know, that's what I'm thinking. I'm serious. I really am thinking this. And I started getting ready to speak, and all of a sudden the Lord speaks to me pretty loud. Pretty loud, I mean, really. Going, Rick, shut up. Don't say anything. And I promise you, this was my response. But God! <laughs> I mean, what? God? What is that, God? I mean, it's like. And so, and I wish I could stand here today. I bear testimony that I was a man of faith. <laughs> That's why I bless God that I don't have too big a foot. Because that was one of those nights that I sure stuck my foot in my mouth. <laughs> and because I speak it, and next thing I know, I wounded and tore her apart. All to what? Win an argument. And where the guy was saying, obey, Rick. Put yourself under it. And put yourself under it. So the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is a law of obedience from the heart. Focusing on two things. Faith and love. God, I just want to love you. And y'all, I've got to summarize this up in this last part. Because if we're not careful, we talk about these things about believing the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus, and we look at a system of how to operate. But I want to tell you this. The law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus is not a system. It's a person. Let me, re- let me correct it. He's a person. 
In Romans chapter 10, verse 4, Chad, I don't know if you've got it. But it says that Christ is the end, literally, of law. Now, English versions put an article in there. But the article is not there in the Greek. Christ is the end of law. Of all law. The law of sin and death. The law of Moses. The law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Jesus is it. But I want to remind you about something here, y'all, that we not get distracted from the person of love and faith. Just obediently loving and having faith in Him. Notice a couple of times, this happened a bunch of times in Scripture. Remember in Genesis chapter 3 where Adam and Eve became more preoccupied with the law not to eat the tree then they did the person. Now think about it. Because what did Satan come and do? He started saying, has God not said, don't eat of this tree, don't eat. And he says, oh yeah, yeah. No, 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 he didn't say that. He said we can eat, but it's just of one tree. And he says something. In other words, start Adam and Eve started worrying about this tree rather than the person. Because you know what? What did they do? They started making a religious thing about the true tree. You heard me talk about it. God said, don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But Eve quotes to Satan and says, no, God has said we shall not eat of it or touch it. What did they do? They became so preoccupied with the religious event that they missed the person of God. Because you know how you know what it was? Because what did Satan do? He exposed that. Well, God just don't want you like being like Him. Well, if Eve would have known and was operating in the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, just focusing on faith and love, she would have gone, well, I know my God loves me. He loves me. He would never do that. Faith? The nature and character of my God is He gives good gifts. So what happened is they started worrying about the event. And we do that, y'all. We get worried about the do's and the don'ts like me with Paula. You know, going, oh, I am committed adultery instead of just focusing on loving her. But how about that we do it with people also, y'all? You remember in Mark chapter 3, verse 1, where all of a sudden here's this man of a withered hand and the Pharisees are sitting there watching Jesus whether he was going to heal him on the what? In other words, where a religious structure becomes more important than a person. That's when Jesus started blowing the Pharisees out of the water. He's talking about the Sabbath. Sabbath was not made for the man. I mean, how did he say it? Sabbath was, was made. Man was not made for the Sabbath. Sabbath was made for the man. In other words, he's getting them right. Here, y'all. These things are, y'all, get it right. The structure is not the focus. The people are. Your fathers are. The focus of love and faith. And so, y'all, when we start talking about the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, it is intensely a heart of obedience to, to the one who loves us and gave us. And our response is just simply love, faith. And, you know, don't hear that as something you've got to generate and perform up. 
Now, y'all, all life is, is in, can be summed up in tag team wrestling. And so. That is so not the statement I expected to come out of your mouth in summation. All life can be summed up in. Man, I was looking for some great biblical truth. I was on the edge of my seat. It's interesting that um, even just this week, we were several of us were at Living Waters, and, and we ran straight in with this incredible group of kids. That many of them come from amazing churches, really great churches, where I know the teaching is solid. But yet we encountered a pretty strong spirit of religion there, mostly in the sense of the way that some of the things that were being communicated just could tell. Like Rick said, it was exactly what he said. I, I mean, the words came out of my mouth, and I saw... Just, I mean, it was hectic and heavy. BJ and I were just dealing with that. And you could just see it in faces like the blinds went down. And I was like, what just happened? It got so confusing and hectic at one time, Tara, I almost couldn't pray. I mean, it was just a swirl of just this religiosity. And and I actually spoke the next day just trying to teach through that. I almost called you, Rick. If I'd had any cell signal, I would have. I was trying to sort out law and grace. And I just spoke even to those kids, though, that the original sin, it occurs to me, was an accusation against the character of God. Really, is what it was. It, more than anything. And he can put it off on the devil, but honestly, it came down to an accusation. Like somehow, God was going to hold out and wasn't going to be who he proposed that he was. The same God that had walked in the garden was that accusation. And that that was such a doorway to then for that crushing blow that the law could uh, could make. Anyway, I'll, I won't re-preach Rick's word. You don't need me to do that. Rick will be back next week to just continue to develop some of these thoughts and and just even to help establish a more clear view of God's vocabulary on law and grace and ultimately freedom which is completely dependent on Christ and um, but Romans chapter 5 I don't know for me even this morning after just Rick Sharon in the first service went to this scripture therefore since we have been justified by faith which Rick spoke about and was even there toward the end of his notes we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ the person right through him we have been we have also obtained access by what faith into this grace in which we stand the grace the life on the outside (laughs) as it were is grace life walking in grace now from under the weight of law and coming under an obedient response by faith to the truth which is a person Jesus Christ yay come on church I said to you before if it was all about what I could do I am done and I also just appreciate Rick what you said about it not being a formula we shared that with these those kids this week too because when you first start to hear it you kind of think maybe it is a formula but it seems simple enough right whosoever shall call on the name of the lord shall be saved even that can become a formula so you think two plus two is four i can do that math but then pretty quickly you begin to understand that to live that out simplistically in formula becomes way too complicated way too quickly but thank god that god does the math for us So for us, it isn't the formula. It's the friendship. Walking in a right relationship with the God who already did the math. I gave everything so that by knowing me, faith in Jesus Christ, I just read that. 
you could stand in the grace. To the glory of God. Lord, thank you for this word that liberates. Yeah, thank you that you are the word. Love you, Jesus. Just do this really quickly in response. We'll come back again next week. I encourage you just to be back. You need part one and two. Come on. Uh, but I would just ask you this. Um, and I don't do this often here in this way, but could you bow your heads with me for a moment? I want to give you a second of just, a, I don't know, sort of a sanctity in this moment. And you would just say, you know, I've really put quite a lot of law on me and it hasn't worked so well. I've tried to do right Uh And I really have had a bit of a revelation today. Maybe not a complete or full revelation. It's a process. But you would say, I have a revelation today that I really need to lean into Jesus. Really need to lean into Jesus. For the love that he has for me. And believe in faith that he's for me and not against me. And that he's big enough. Maybe before you've tried to establish parameters. and, And as Rick said, the law, if you use it wisely... Right, But there's a place where that, even in and of itself, the parameter, if you somehow succeed in uh, walking under that for a season, will just uh, disguise the fact that your heart's been leaking the whole time. Maybe rather today. Right? Maybe you've been trying real hard with the parameter. It's kind of like that little bitty dam that was holding back the raging river. When it breaks, it breaks but good. Right? It can give you this false sense of accomplishment in being free but it's not the same as real freedom it comes from the heart he spoke that and you just say today i i want to ask god to heal my heart i want to lean in and trust in grace and not in my own ability to perform right with the law if that's you can you just slip up your hand real quick there's already some people were beating me getting ahead of me it's okay those are lots and lots and lots of hands lots of us Lots of us. Ooh, well, Jesus. Lord, we want to we want to walk in wisdom, God. We want to walk in wisdom in the sense that we don't intentionally do things that we know will hurt or harm, but we want our motivation not to come from performance, but rather God from a heart of obedience of coming under and walking in the greatness of grace. I pray for healing right now, God. I I speak that word that Rick spoke earlier, that there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Lord, that no one carry a load of condemnation out of the family room today, but that each knows that the past is immediately behind us in Jesus' name. I just speak that. The past is immediately behind us in Jesus' name. And that we live forward, not from a place of performance, but rather, God, just trusting in the greatness of grace, obedience that comes from the heart, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. I pray this week, Lord, that our solution will be simply to push into you, Jesus, just to push into you. Not uh, so that somehow everything changes externally, but, Lord, just that you would heal our hearts and hold our hearts. And Lord, just believe in that um, God... We could change all our doing and it would never heal our hearts. But as you heal our hearts, Lord, you'll redeem our doing. I'm messed up about that. Let it be so. Come on, can we agree together in Jesus' name?
Amen. Amen. Glad you were here today. Know this. Rick's going to be here um, for a few moments. We'll be here. If there's someone here that needs prayer over something specific or particular, that that's always something we would love to do with for you. And um, otherwise, have a great week. Go and be blessed. In Jesus' name, amen.